Hello, dearest listeners, and welcome to another Echo episode. I hope you're all having a wonderful week. I'm your host, Rafaida, and in this lovely day, I am very happy to introduce you to a very, very, very special guest here with me today. Say hello, Razan. Hi, Rafaida. Thank you for inviting me today. I'm very honored to be here with you. So, Razan, I think this is your first time uh, recording a podcast episode. Is that right? Yes, that's right. I'm very nervous, but also excited. I can't wait to do this with you. Also, I'm very happy that uh, it's you that I'm doing this podcast with. Oh, thank you. That was such a sweet thing to say. And by the way, the honor is mine. All right, so without further ado, let's get into today's topic. Spilling the tea, moral of the story. But not just any tea. We're going to be talking about our most recent discussion group that we did together. It was such a blast and attendees had plenty of fun. Many great ideas were shared and that's why we're here with you today. And not just that, we'll also be reviewing some very iconic movies that I'm sure you've heard of. We'll be sharing some fun facts about set movies and also share some real-life stories that relate to the discussion group we have. And it goes without saying, we do hope you get lost with us in the echo. Now we're gonna talk a little about the DG and how was it? It was your first DG, right? It was actually good. Um, I was kind of nervous, actually. And it was kind of disturbing, like you have to think about multiple things at the same time. But it actually it was a good experience and I really enjoyed it. Being there, hearing a lot of different opinions and how other people think, it really gives you another point of view of seeing things and seeing life. But about your experience, Razan, I want to know, what do you feel while hosting a DG? DG is really fun for me, like I've been doing it for a while, every topic is special, the attendees' opinions are always fun to hear and really intriguing, and the hosting with you was a really good experience, like uh, I really enjoyed it, although you didn't host before, but you did amazing, by the way. As for DGs, I have to promote them as the DG ad, so you listeners, anyone can join either online or physical in the startup hall. Feel free to join us and have fun. I actually enjoyed hosting with you too, by the way. It was so easy working with you. It was so smooth. I like how the progress went. It was really a good experience. I want to host with you again, actually. Yeah, why not? We should do that sometimes. So now let's do our movie reviews and for Butterheads, we have a special surprise for you. We're going to talk about Harry Potter. Um, did you watch the movie, Razan? Yes, of course I watched it. It's actually one of my favorite movies. I watched it a billion times. <laughs> yeah, me too. Did you read the books? No, I didn't read the books. I really want to, though. You should. You guys really should read the books, by the way. Is there a big difference between the books and the movies, by the way? Yes, actually there is um, some changes. So a change that really annoyed me that they did differently from the book was how the story of the Elder Wand ended. After the Hogwarts bottle with the invisibility cloak and resurrection stone and alliance of the Elder Wand, Harry becomes the master of the death, as we know. 
In the movie, he snaps the wand in half and throws it away. In the book, he uses it to repair his wand because he really loved his wand. He couldn't, like, um, gives it up. And then he returns it to Dumbledore's tomb because he felt like Dumbledore was the true master of that uh, wand. And he thought that it belongs there. Crazy, I never would have thought that that's what happened. Like, I was so annoyed when they broke it. I was like, what? Why are you doing that? Like, use it. I was really annoyed too uh, while watching that scene. I mean, I felt that disappointment over and over every time I rewatched Harry Potter movies. Um, but in the books, it kind of made sense because uh, Harry wanted to make sure that the Elder Wand would not fall into the, the wrong hands after repairing his wand. So after the disappointment I had watching the movie and that scene, reading the book brought me relief, knowing that Harry didn't crack that wand in half. That's actually relieving for me too. So I'm not really sure, but from what I know, that Harry is not actually this chosen one, but the long-bottom dude. <laughs> I forgot his name. Yeah, uh, Neville. Yeah. So the story goes like this. Professor Trelawney, before she becomes a professor in Hogwarts, she goes to Dumbledore and meet him in the bar. I forgot the name of the bar. And she tried to convince him to make her a teacher there, teacher of divination. And while they were talking, she had a vision. A vision about the chosen one. She says that uh, a boy will be born in the end of July that will come and be Voldemort. So while they were having their conversation, Professor Snape was listening to them. And in that time, he was a Death Eater. So he went to Voldemort and told him this prophecy. And then Voldemort went straight for Harry Potter and his parents. We also know that Neville was born at the end of July. Exactly. That's why he could have been the Chosen One. When Snape knew that he was the reason that Voldemort is going after Harry Potter's parent, he felt guilty because he was in love with Lily Potter as we know. So he tried to make up for his mistake and he went to Dumbledore and made a deal with him. He offered him to be a double agent in exchange for him to help Lily. He went also to Voldemort and asked him to have mercy on her. That's why Voldemort offered Lily to go and run for her life and leave Harry there. But she didn't accept it and sacrificed herself for her son. That's how the protective spell was activated and that's why Harry was going back to the Dosley's house every summer. Because the protective spell only works when the one who casted it is still alive. And since Lily died, her only blood relative left was her sister. Lily's blood was running in her veins, and so it kept the spell working. After Voldemort captured Harry in the graveyard and took some of his blood, the spell was activated in Voldemort too. That's why Dumbledore insisted on Harry to kill Voldemort himself, because he's the only one who can deactivate it. Oh, that's very interesting. I, I never figured that out. Like, I never heard of that before. It makes sense. So that's why he's chosen one. No, actually, if Voldemort, no, it's not. no, actually, Dumbledore said to Harry that if Dumbledore, if Voldemort chose Neville as his equal, 
Neville would be the chosen one. Yes, because Dumbledore said what made the prophecy real is that Voldemort made his choice. So the choice of acting on the prophecy is what made the prophecy real. If Voldemort didn't hear the prophecy, never of this was going to happen. What? So you mean all of this happened? Because one day that teacher decided to go talk to Dumbledore on some bar. <laughs> exactly. And somehow Snape heard of all of that. Yes, exactly. That's crazy, isn't it? <laughs> yes, it is. So why didn't he die when uh, Voldemort casted uh, a spell on him in the Deathly Hallows movie? Basically, when Voldemort used the Avada Kedavra curse to kill Harry, he only killed the part of himself. The Horcrux he created the night he tried to kill Harry the first time, so it left Harry's spirit intact while killing only the part of Voldemort. That's why Dumbledore said to Harry that you have to sacrifice yourself. He actually knew that Harry was going to survive, but he wasn't positive about it, and he didn't want to say that because he didn't want to give Harry hope of surviving. And when Voldemort cast the killing curse on Harry, Another protective spell was activated for those who left in the castle fighting. Because Harry went to him willingly. I mean, he sacrificed himself. So if you notice in the scene where Hagrid carried Harry and went back to the castle with Voldemort and the other Death Eaters, the Dark Lord tried many times to cast the unforgivable curses on Neville, for example. But it kept breaking every time. Oh my god, that's crazy. I would have never guessed that. It's really interesting seeing those details that uh, I missed in the movies. Maybe I should read the books. That's why everyone should read the books, because there is a lot of details that they couldn't include in the movies and they are in the books. And it helps you to understand more of the story. Moral of the story? There is no moral. You guys should read the book. So now we will move to Disney stories. So, do you want to know any interesting facts? Any specific princess you want to start with? Oh, yeah, sure. Wait, is it dark stories? Yes, very dark. Should we start with Snow White? Okay, sure. So, do you know that Disney changed a lot of stuff from the original folklore stories? For example, in Snow White, the stepmom tries to kill her not once, but three times in different ways. Whether it's poison, or tight corset, or a poisoned comb as well, not only the apple. That's crazy, why would Disney do this? I mean, it's stories for kids. Yes, that's exactly why they cut off those parts, because they couldn't include them. <laughs> that's crazy, I mean, who would think to do that for kids, I mean, whatever. But it doesn't stop here, actually. In the original ending of Snow White, um, you know how in the Disney movie the prince comes, saves the day, and they marry and happily ever after? Yeah. And we see the witch falling out uh, off of a cliff, Yeah. and we don't see her again. Mm -hmm. In the original, though, the tough mom is caught, and she is forced to dance with the iron shoes for the whole night until she dies. Oh my god. That should have been a horror movie, not a Disney movie for kids. Yes, I know, right? It's so crazy, so brutal as well. 
You know who I really want to know about? Is there any stories about Cinderella? So, actually, for Cinderella, uh, there are a lot of different versions. And most of them are, like, kind, like, uh, normal and peaceful, like the or, uh, the one from Disney. Mm-hmm. But there is one version where, uh, at the end, when she marries the prince and uh, she meets her sis- stepsisters, instead of forgiving them, uh, we see that birds... Uh, Peck their eyes out. No, you're kidding. I'm not. <laughs> so, but uh, it's different versions. Not all of them end this way. I think the moral of the story that was in Cinderella is the importance of forgiving. So, I think the other dark story was so horrible. Hmm. Especially since we see in the Disney movie that... Uh, the birds and the mice and everything, they are so nice and like kind and fun. And then imagine seeing those lovely birds <laughs> doing that to someone. Exactly, the whole story would have been meaningless if they went with this version. So I will add one more thing for Cinderella. When uh, her sisters tried on the shoes and it didn't fit them, uh, they went to the length of cutting some parts of their feet. Just to be able to fit in those shoes. No, I actually kind of, I think I've heard of it before. Really? Yeah, but like, just imagine someone doing that for power and money and... It actually makes sense, I mean. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, (laughs) no, wait. I mean, I mean, they were evil, so... It would have been expected from them, you know. Mm-hmm. But like, it's not a story for kids. Yes. That's what we can agree on. Maybe a horror movie. Is there another story you want to tell us about? Another princess? Uh, so one of my favorite princesses is actually The Little Mermaid. And the original story, well, it's not as dark as the other stories we've seen till now. Okay. But it's still different. So, do you want to know about it? Of course. So, in the original story, the little mermaid, when she saves the prince, she doesn't survive. She dies, and she turns to foam. And then she uh, becomes a sort of a sage. I think that was the goal of Ursula, actually. Because we know that she hated her brother, so she wanted revenge. And for revenge, she went for her his daughter. But from what I learned from another podcast that we did, is that Ursula was actually a victim herself. Like, so the bad guy is actually the dad. So do you think really being a victim and wanting revenge and going after that revenge is gonna keep you a good person? Well... I don't think she should have went after his daughter. She should have went after him. Oh, God. (laughs) But, like, it's the same. I mean, when someone does something bad to you, you're not not supposed to go and hurt him back because that's going to make you a bad person, don't you think? Not necessarily. I think she's just getting her justice since no one gave it to her. Oh, so you think... One in revenge is one in justice. Sometimes. Okay, okay. That makes sense, actually. 
<laughs> By the way, I'm so curious. Why were the original stories this dark? So you might think that they are dark for no apparent reason, or like just because the writers were a bit insane. <laughs> but actually, no, they were made this dark because at that time, um, people didn't have the security we have now. It was uh, very difficult to survive in the woods with uh, like many different. Uh, dangerous stuff so to teach children those stories were meant for children oh, by the way okay. to teach children to never do something like this like in the stories they had to be like extreme like you do this you die you do this you <laughs> so it's like you turn to foam so it's like the scary stories we told children before bad yes exactly but they made them like super scary so no one goes yeah. against that so one of the questions on our previous dj was that does beauty make life easier and we got a lot of different answers from our attendees um what did you think of that question so i think beauty matters kind of <laughs> but but i don't think it's the only thing that matters or it is the thing that makes your life easier because if we think Marlene Monroe was an icon but she really suffered in her life. So Marlene Monroe, the iconic Hollywood actress, remains one of the most misunderstood figures in popular culture. Her life has been dissected since she became a movie star, her troubled personal life marked by failed marriages and emotional turmoil has led to her being dehumanized repeatedly. From objectification to loneliness, she faced immense challenges behind the scene. So, the recent Netflix biopic Blunt, based on Joyce Carol Oates' novel, further distorts her legacy directed by Andrew Dominic. The film portrays Marlene as a deeply traumatized and lonely woman, haunted by seeking love in a harsh world. She was typecast as a dumb blonde and objectified for her looks. This pressure took a toll on her mental health. So she was like the most beautiful woman of her time, but she still suffered in her life. That doesn't make beauty really necessary for someone to enjoy the life or make it easier for him. Because she had that and she couldn't have the life she wanted. So guys, we have a special guest here with us. Uh, go ahead. Okay, so first of all, thank you so much for having me here. I'm a loyal attendee. I attend a lot of English speakers clubs, DGs, and I'm here to share my opinion. So answering your question about beauty, if it makes uh, anyone's life easier or harder, I think it depends on the person. So let's take two examples. The first example is, as you mentioned before, Marlene Monroe. She was, let's say, for in my opinion, uh, beauty made her life way easier because she didn't have anything else but beauty that's what made her a little bit rich and famous and let's say a bit sociable on the other hand given another example which is Madison Beer she's a singer at the same time she's kind of an attractive woman she has a perfect voice but no one recognizes her from her let's say uh, songs or her voice but everyone focuses more on her beauty that what that's what made her life like a bit harder for her in her career 
So answering the question, it really depends on the person itself. If, uh, let's say, beauty makes their life easier or harder. Thank you so much for your valuable opinion. I mean, yeah, that makes sense, actually. So this was it for today's episode. I hope you guys enjoyed as we did. Thank you, Razan, for being here with me today. How was it? I really enjoyed it. It was a fun experience. And working with you seemed to be really fun. Like, everything goes well. And I enjoy my time the most. So thank you. Thank you. I really enjoyed working with you too. It was so fun. This episode was so great, I guess. Um, so... So, guys, we hope you got lost with us in the echo.